Escape from Plan A. Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm your host, Chris, and this is a really special episode. It's it's a kind of episode I've been really wanting to do for a while. I just could not find the right person to do it with, but at last, I think I found her. Please welcome Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Hi, Chris. Do you just go by Amanda? Like, what's your, your like, official thing? <laughs> yeah, I pretty much go by Amanda, but a lot of people know me from my YouTube channel, which is called Amanda Mariana, um, uh, and that's my middle name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so speaking about Amanda, why don't you tell us, uh, you know, what you do on YouTube because uh, you you have a lot of followers there. You seem to be doing great things there. So yeah, just let our listeners know what you're all about. Yeah, so on YouTube, I kind of make a lot of different videos. I started just making random vlogs and then started doing college vlogs and college advice videos. Um, but in the past year, I've kind of gotten into this section of commentary YouTube where I kind of just talk about different trends on social media and media in general, like TV shows or movies I've watched, um, and kind of just discuss my thoughts on uh, those things. So yeah, just talking about the internet on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so that YouTube channel is Amanda Mary Anna, um, spelled all the usual way mm-hmm. uh and we'll put it up in the in the show notes to, <laughs> to find her uh you should go subscribe i certainly have and actually speaking of tv shows that is how i met you so this is um i guess kind of embarrassing to admit but you know the new gossip girl mm. came out on hbo <laughs> yeah I, it, I, for whatever reason i've been totally uh enthralled by it even though it's bad and not only bad but also quite boring Mm. But I think it's a fascinating insight into just kind of modern, like social dynamics and social politics that could not help but keep watching. And I got this other friend with whom we constantly talk about, even though we're clearly not the target demographic for this. Anyway, I was on YouTube looking up, you know, Gossip Girl Review just to see what was out there. And your video uh, was one of the things that popped up. And then you were critiquing how shows like Gossip Girl cosplay people being poor mm-hmm. i thought that was a really good point i thought you made some good points so that i, I looked in your channel and just like looking through some other videos and one of them was i think the one where you're asking why can't black girls ever beat a love interest and i'm like enjoying the video and i don't know where in the middle of the video you referenced one of my articles and when you started t- like reading the title of it i'm like damn that sounds really familiar what is that <laughs> i found out it was mine and and i was just like really happy and and i reached out to you and and then uh, the episode that I've been wanting to do for a thing that I alluded to was talk to a contemporary college student just to find out how much or how little uh, things have changed since I was in college. I graduated 2010, so it's been like over 10 years now. And, uh, you know, for better and for worse, it was a memorable time. So I'm always curious about that period in everyone's lives. Uh, but before we get to that, anything else you, you want to talk about yourself? Any like projects you're working on or any kind of like biography elements you, you want the listeners to know? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss more like as we get into the episode. I'm a college student. I'm a film major. And projects I'm working on are short films that I've created in film school. So 
yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't really have anything to promote yet. Still in the working on it stage. So. Okay. And I, I think this this is happening at the perfect time this episode. I mean, because like school has school started for you already? Yes, we started on Thursday this week, actually. Yeah, actually, actually, Thursday was so I was I was I, I was pedaling over to the West Village because I, I bought something uh, off of Craigslist and I had to go pick it up. And on the way back, I was uh, biking through Greenwich Village and it was just mm. chaos there. It was, it was like all yeah. these students. It, that must have been moving day. You said if that was the first day or was that the first day of classes? It I guess moving day. Y- Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thursday was the first day of classes. Yeah. The weekend before was moving, um, which I also had to like work on that. Um, but yeah, it was the first day of class and it was super weird to like actually see everyone kind of back on campus, like all in one place again. Cause like I had really not seen that since sophomore year and now I'm a senior and it was, I don't know, it was really fun. I ran into like so many people that I knew, which is funny because it's a huge school, but like somehow you still see everyone you know <laughs> on yeah. the first day. I mean, tell me what the mood must have been like. There must have been kind of jubilation going around, right? Kind of almost like a second, like pre-frosh orientation kind of thing. I don't know. Or maybe people were just like, oh, hey, what's up? We're all kind of beat down. I mean, tell me, what's it like? Yeah, it was, for me, it was pretty exciting. And oh, I don't know if I said this, but I go to NYU, which is in Greenwich Village. And it's a very open campus, like, technically it's not really gated off or anything we kind of just treat washington square park as like as the central hub like all the buildings are around there um but it was honestly just like really cool to be back on campus and it was a really beautiful day outside too so everyone was kind of just like sitting in the park and i like literally sat down and i saw one of my friends pass by me and then i saw another one of my friends and we ended up getting lunch and then we all ended up just like getting a blanket cuz she lived nearby and like sitting in the park and somehow we ended up with a group of like 15 of us on a blanket because <laughs> everyone was just like outside and going to class. The crazy thing was the night before was the Ida floods, mm. right? And it was, just, I, I remember just being there and it was like, there was almost, at least at that part of town, no signs that any of that had happened. Even though the the, the night before I was just looking out the window of my apartment and I saw like the streets becoming like streams, but Man, imagine having to move in. Maybe if if those rains were still happening, that would have been or or first day, uh, it would have been chaos. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Is there? Let me ask you: Is there any danger that NYU might say, "Okay, actually, uh, classes back to being remote"? Sorry, uh, you know, for getting your hopes up. Yeah, I totally wouldn't be surprised if that happened because I feel like we've had that a lot in the past year, like they'll open like the gym or something for one week and then they're like, never mind. <laughs> so <laughs> I would not be surprised. Um, but at this point I'm pretty used to online school. So it's just like, you know, what can you do? Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So since this is hopefully, uh, you know, campus life going back to normal, why don't you take us through what it was like being in college when the lockdown start happening, what were people thinking? And then what was everyone's moods, you know, during the first, especially first few weeks of remote learning? Did people change in the coming months? Like, yeah, tell us what it was like. Yeah, it was really interesting because it was at first they were like, you know, extending spring break because the coronavirus, they're like, oh, we'll just give you an extra week of spring break um, and then we'll come back. And then it was oh, like, really? that's what they said. 
Yeah, yeah, like in March. Um, like before that one, I think it was like March 13th or something that like when it went to like complete like, oh, n- like this is yeah, scary. Catastrophe level, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, before that, it was like just an extended spring break. And then it was like, okay, we won't be going back in person until April. And then it was like, we won't be coming back for the foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like, take so, all the spring break you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we kind of had to leave the dorms uh, by like I somewhere in like the last couple weeks of March. They were like, now you have to leave. At first, when they said it was an extended break, I was like, oh, I guess I'll just stay here then. Whatever. Like, it's New York. It's not boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really trying to go back home. But then <laughs> they said, you have to leave. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, I had my mom come down and pick me up and pick up my stuff and all my stuff couldn't even fit in the car at once. So mm-hmm. I had to like leave some of it there. Cause, and they said like, cause some people just never came back. Cause like they were on spring break and they just like quite literally couldn't come back to New York. Right, so, like right. all their stuff was there. So um, like NYU said they would arrange to get it like shipped out to everyone's home. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I never got my stuff back until like July, <laughs> mm. like the end of July. Oh, and you mean this July or 2020 July? 2020 July. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, and then like I got my stuff back and like two of the things were literally broken. One was my mirror and one was my microwave. Like the glass was shattered <laughs> for oh, both no. of those. Um, and it was funny because I posted a picture of my mirror like, it was like literally it was a full-length mirror that was bent like basically in half and i like started to pick it up in the package because i was like what is that i don't remember packing that (laughs) and i was like oh this is my mirror (laughs) and then i like posted a picture of it on twitter and i was like at nyu what do you want me to do with this and it went viral (laughs) for some reason oh really (laughs) yeah i got like 250k likes it was so random (laughs) but that was my uh that was my move out story. <laughs> but yeah, when school became online, it was just like way less. People didn't really want to do it that much. I felt at least for certain classes where it was like, it's basically impossible to do it if you're not in person. Like a class I had was called um, Sight and Sound Studio. And essentially we would be like in our school, there's like a tv studio and we would be there in there every day um like recording like shows and doing scenes with like there's a whole like control room and a cameras in the studio and like that's what we did it was very hands-on mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like what what's the point of doing this if we can't like be there anymore so that was like a class that i really was not motivated to really try in anymore so how did they try to substitute that hands-on um, experience yeah, they honestly, they didn't really try to substitute it. They were basically just like, just come up like with your idea for your final project. And it just became all theoretical, like just like come up with the floor plans and the script and stuff like that. Uh, just like do everything besides like actually film it is kind of how they tried to make us do mm-hmm. it. But it was still not really motivating because like, okay, well, what's the point of this? We're actually not going to make it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like so, the, the fun part's gone. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
so, but what were what were students feeling when the, it was they kind of knew that their year was over and they all had to go home? Were people just like kind of too dazed to even have a reaction? Were people angry or or really sad? Well, how did people feel? Um, honestly, it's. I think it was a little bit sad because people, no one really got to say any type of proper goodbye to anyone because mm-hmm. it was very unexpected. And a lot of people weren't even at school at the time because it was spring break. So right. it, it's hard to like say an overall consensus, but I think there was, I think people were just mostly like confused. Mm-hmm. I think that was like c- confused was probably the, um, the biggest emotion and I'm sure like disappointed because uh, no one ever expected to have to do school online. Right. Is that what you felt mo- mainly like confusion? Yeah. I mostly felt confusion. Um, not, not a, obviously, you know, makes sense for a school to shut down, but just like the whole situation was very unusual and there was like no um, end in sight at mm-hmm. that point early on in like, March and April. Yeah, I guess I guess you and in, in if you had to miss time, I guess uh, missing you. You basic okay. So if you're a senior now, you were a, a, I guess a sophomore. Then you spent your junior year remotely, your whole mm-hmm. junior year, and now you're a senior now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, I guess it's if you had to miss a year, I would say missing either sophomore or junior year would be the ones you'd probably give up, right? Because it's like, okay, well, your first year, <laughs> you can't replicate that experience. And senior year, you want to be with all your friends and have your kind of last hurrahs. Mm-hmm. Sophomore, junior year, it's like you don't want to miss them, but if you had to give them up, you know, it's like um, I actually got COVID uh, last year and I lost my sense of smell and taste for a couple of weeks. And it made me kind of think if I had to give up a sense, um, what would I give up? So I was like, you know what? Smell and taste would probably be there. So it's like, <laughs> you don't want to give it up, but it, it would probably be the first thing you would. Um, okay, so hopefully everyone is is happy. Is there any sense that uh, people got to like make up for lost time, um, things like that? Or people just like chill, just happy to be back? Yeah, I think everyone's pretty happy to be back. Um I I don't really feel like I need to make up for lost time because, like you said, you know, I had my whole freshman year and part of sophomore year to feel like be in person and be at a normal time. So I feel like a lot of my friends I have, it's like they already came from back then. So I don't feel like I super missed out on like making friends or something like maybe if someone who they were a freshman, they might feel that way. Um, So I don't really feel that. It's kind of just, it's been really cool to see a lot of people that I haven't seen since like sophomore year um, and be like, oh my God, wow, we had a class together in like freshman year or sophomore year and I literally haven't seen you since then. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, I think a lot of people, at least in my year, just like happy to be back. Yeah, it must be really odd to be a sophomore because you're you're no you're technically not the new kids, but you've never really met each other. Mm-hmm. So you really are like freshmen in a way. Um, do you know of any like what what how are they dealing with it, or is are they just 
rolling with it, acting like nothing, <laughs> nothing has happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know any. I don't think I know anyone who's like younger than a junior, <laughs> like mm-hmm, personally. Yeah. Um, but I, I am an RA in this um, dorm I live in, so mm-hmm. a lot of the students in it are sophomores and. A lot of that, like, I've just, like, asked them in the elevator, like, oh, like, is what year are you? And if they say a sophomore, I'm like, is this your first time, like, being on the campus? And a lot of people do say yes, because it's like, you could live here last year. I, I lived in the dorms last year, and I was an RA, but it was literally, like, half the capacity. And obviously, it's expensive to live here, so it, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people didn't mind saving money because of that. Right, um, and there's so, not even yeah. class to go to, yeah. And there's not class to go to. Like, there wasn't, like, you didn't have to be here, but I I would just rather, like, be here than be at home, to be honest, mm-hmm. though. Right. So that's why I came back, and also because I was an RA. But, um, yeah, so I think I, a lot of them probably do feel like freshmen. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if they, like, made friends on Zoom and stuff, though. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, that's definitely uh, a new way to, to make friends like new friends in college. But actually, since you're an RA, this is going to transition very nicely to uh, my next line of questions I have is, you know, you're going to be dealing a lot with, you know, students and their their lives and their anxieties over classes, over, you know, social things, relationships and all that. And I'm just wondering how much of that has changed since I, since I was there and, you know, people my age were there. Uh, so, one thing I'm I'm very curious about is what is uh, like your generation's attitude towards college? Because uh, I will say, just like generally speaking, uh, for my age group, I think a lot of us were very uh, optimistic about college. We were, because uh, you know, the people came before us, for them, it was always like this unmitigated good. Like, duh, we would go, no matter how much it costs, we would go and it would only be upside to it. Yeah, maybe for a brief little bit, it would kind of, there'd be some burdens, like especially financial ones, but uh, absolutely no question uh, about whether you're going to go and you're going to have the time of your life there. You're going to meet your bestest, best friends. You're going to have the greatest, great classes. You're going to find your passion in life. All this was promised. I do think now, um, especially with maybe like seeing like other generations go through it and, and them not doing so well, I think like scandals like uh, Operation Varsity Blues is is really um, disillusioning to it. And I get the sense that college is not what it was once cracked up to be. What is your sense of that? Yeah, I think like with our, um, maybe like Gen Z, my generation, people closer in age to me, um, I think a lot of people are still, you know, excited about it and stuff, but definitely I feel like we're a little bit more aware that it's not like just this fix all basically like, Oh, if you go to college, like you'll be fine. Like it's, I think there's still just like, you know, we realize it's still like way harder to even find a job after you go to college mm-hmm. and that it is um, so expensive. And because like you can't, it's not as easy to find a job. Like, it's like you actually really do take into consideration um, how expensive it is. Um, and I also think like an- another thing is too, like in our generation, we have like, you know, these 
social media stars and a lot of them are super rich and doing fine in life without going to college and it's like so i think that also makes it a little bit disillusioning too we're like you can like be really do really well in life without a college degree if you just like go viral on something (laughs) so yeah yeah. because for my age group it was always the the tech nerds uh who were held up as the paragons of not going to college but the thing is not a lot of people want to be uh, tech nerds. Even if they're billionaires, people are like, yeah, they're just dorks. I don't, I don't aspire to be them. But I think it's a lot easier to aspire to be because, um, like, a, like an influencer type. Because I wrote, have you seen Operation Varsity Blues, the Netflix documentary? Yeah, I have seen it. Right. There's that whole part where the uh, the daughter of Aunt Becky is pretty much. It's clear she doesn't want to go to college. She only goes to it because her mom. Well, like her dream was to for her children to go to to go to like a brand name college but she would clearly much rather just live her influencer life and i think she even says well at least there'll be parties at, at usc or wherever she goes so mm-hmm. that's um no that's that's another thing that that really fascinates me because back back when i was in school you know that was really when like facebook t- took off and that was the social media that mattered to everyone that was how you met people you you know you friended them on facebook that's how you got like a lot of party invites you looked at pictures to see who was hanging out with whom all that kind of stuff you would write on each other's walls to signal who's friends with whom and all that Um, but that was it there was none of the other stuff uh but nowadays there's so much of it and it seems like I would not be surprised if a lot of people's social lives were much more vibrant on social media than actual campus life. Even, I mean, like NYU uh, doesn't really have much of a campus, but even at like a school at the middle of nowhere, I would not be surprised if people actually cared more about their online friends. Is that true? Am I just uh, imagining things? Um, no, I think that's like a valid point. I think um, I think it depends on, I guess it like kind of depends how into the internet you are. If you have online friends, I've definitely had online friends because I like used to be in different fan communities and stuff growing up. And even from getting more followers on YouTube and kind of um, becoming mutuals with other content creators, I've made a lot of friends through that. And luckily I've actually met a lot of people who I've met online, like because of like YouTube, I've met them in real life. But I, so so I think like it, it social media can like help in that way. Cause I'm like, I've met a lot of really cool people who I have, I wouldn't have met without it. But I do think that you're right, that people still kind of just try to, you know, post all the highlights and the fun parts of their lives on um, social media. And it's not, it's just not like that every single day. And I remember being um, a freshman in college and there was like this thing where you just like follow freaking everyone who goes to your college for some reason even though you've never met them (laughs) and you probably never will meet them (laughs) no that was the thing we did on facebook well i i personally never did let me say let me exonerate myself but then that was a totally thing that people did from the birth of social media so that's like totally normal that's Mm -hmm. uh to do that and then i guess maybe after years start being like okay unfollow this person Mm because now it's a little bloated uh or maybe that person's a jerk but what platform are you talking about Oh, like on Instagram, like I would, or everyone would like follow up a bunch of people. Like if you have the same like NYU class of like 2022 in your bio or something. 
And then I realized that is a way to like make yourself not like like your life because people are always like posting when they're like having fun and like when they're with their friends. And I think it, it just gives you like a really warped perception of um reality when you see a bunch of people that you don't even know personally hanging out with other people and it somehow still makes you like feel bad about yourself. Um mm-hmm. because you're not like there with them or just in general out there having fun um at that particular moment. And um yeah, so I've learned that I'm like, uh, I feel like it's it's not something I'm interested in doing anymore. I'm not really interested in following people I've never met or that I've met like one time and will probably never see again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, like, does it because like, you have a you have a pretty big YouTube account. Like, does does that I don't know, does that like change uh, how you just like interact in school? Because I mean, when I was in college, like, yeah, somebody who might have a big presence on social media is, is maybe the, the guy or girl who has like 600 friends on Facebook. <laughs> that, was, that was the extent. Uh, and it was a very closed environment because in Facebook, every friend you are with has to be mutual. There's no such thing as like a one-way friend on Facebook. Mm. Whereas things like Twitter and Instagram is all about trying to maximize that one-sidedness. So, you know, if you like, if you're someone meets you and you're like, oh, Amanda, and she has this big YouTube account, like, does that affect anything? Um, or is that like the yeah, way you act or, or the way people act towards you? I definitely think it can make people, um, it, I think it can actually, yeah, I think it can give you like a halo effect. If people like think you have a lot of, if they see you have a lot of followers, then it's like, oh, that must means like they're cool or mm-hmm. there's something like good about them because a lot of people like them apparently right. according to like the numbers. Um, so I think it can have like a somewhat halo effect and people can be more interested in you because it's a little bit, you know, as common as like influencers and people, people have a lot of followers as common as that is like, I guess it's, it's still like somewhat an anomaly in everyday life. So I think it can make people, more interested in you. Um, I don't really, honestly, like, yeah, I don't really associate, like, it's very, the, the number on YouTube, the number of followers is very, it's so, it's such an abstract thing to me. Like, it doesn't really feel like anything. It doesn't, like, feel like there's any type of weight attached to it, to be honest, especially in real life, because I'm, like, I'm just, like, being myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um yeah, so I feel like I pretty much just like act the same way how I always act, but um definitely like that's the main thing people bring up to me now if they're not like if I'm like acquaintances with them, mm-hmm. um like I feel like they would bring that up like that happened to me <laughs> like when I was in class, like people who I hadn't seen like in a couple of years, they like said hi and like the first thing they mentioned was like oh like your youtube channel is like so good um but you know if it's like my friends who i've like you know like my closer friends like that's not really a topic of conversation it's kind of just like because they kind of know it but i think if it's someone who like an acquaintance or they are only meeting me in real life but they recognize me from youtube like that's um like brought up more but yeah i'm definitely get like uh when i'm on campus especially like in the beginning of the year like when there's a lot of freshmen because i used to make a lot of college nyu related videos then Mm -hmm. a lot of 
I'll get a lot of like, oh, do you have a YouTube channel? Like I watch you. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot on um, campus. And then also just like with like acquaintances who I haven't like talked to in a while, but cause now I got, I got way more followers like over the course of um, this like past year. Um, so that I feel like that's like a point of conversation. And sometimes it does make you wonder, it's like, Oh, you'd be like talking to me if you like didn't have that point of conversation to bring up, like what else would you say to me? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, do you think it fosters overall a sense of just like competition and anxiety? Cause if, if the possibility is that anybody can potentially, because like one of your, um, one of the videos I watched you make is, is like the downsides of blowing up on social media. Mm-hmm. Is, so it is something that if you don't have it, I think a lot of people want it. I think especially when you're that young and, uh, you know, gradually, hopefully as, as we all get older, we get a better sense of ourselves and don't really need as much approval of others but i think at that age people are probably at their most needy in terms of that and it just seems like all this can just create a lot just more just unhappiness for people like have you seen that or even as an ra um have you had to deal i mean if you if you're not allowed to talk about that please don't but (laughs) in your sense uh, what do you think the the culture it creates is like on campus um i would say I wouldn't really I, – I don't feel that, but I, maybe it's because most of the people I know on camp, like, from school um, aren't really interested in being, like, social media famous, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. Like, yeah, but most people I know aren't really, like, trying to be an influencer. But um, <laughs> I – so I think, like, that uh, – those downsides are more so, like – I feel like those are more, like, on uh, an internal level and kind of just, like, uh, comparing yourself to, like to yourself to like the past performance of um, you know the content you post on social media. So I, I haven't really felt that it like those like things I was talking about in that video um, are more so just like qualms with like social media you know algorithm. Mm. But I haven't really felt that like manifest like mm, I guess like in real life like. Um, amongst peers or anything so Mm, i see um okay so another question i have is you know with social media especially on things with like dating apps uh you know do people in college these days you know do do you still even go to parties because i mean i remember how at least half the reason anybody will go to parties is you know try to meet people to date hook up whatever make friends but if you can all kind of do that online now is there still that drive i'm curious um, yeah, I've never been, like, I never was really one to go to parties or anything, even in high school at all. Like, I never went to any party, was not on my radar. And same within college, mostly, too. I just, like, think I just, like, have friends who don't really go to parties also. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm, like, just, like, kind of isolated from that. Like, it could be a thing, but I'm, like, oh, I, I don't really know. But, um, <laughs> so I, I don't feel, like, I don't really seek out parties like that. Like, if someone invites me to one and, you know, I know that some of my friends are going to be there, I'll go. And that's really only been in, like, really recent, like, this summer, I would say. 
Um, like even in sc like school before that, I don't think I ever went to a party in like normal times actually. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm not really motivated to go, like, I'll just go if I'm invited. I'm not like trying to seek out uh, p parties though. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think people can, people probably still want to go to parties for those reasons. And I think I'm just a kind of like, I've always been, I don't know. I like think it's interesting to go to parties just to like watch other people. Like I don't even care about like mm -hmm. the actual, like being in it. It's kind of, I kind of just like to like observe and be like, wow. Like I actually did go to a party with a couple of my friends yesterday and we're all kind of like introverted, quiet people who don't really go to parties. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, we were, I was kind of just like, wow, parties are really just music playing and people talking to each other. Like we could do this at any time. <laughs> so and, and, I've just like never been into that culture. So I don't, yeah, I, I don't feel very motivated. Like, yeah. yeah. And inevitably, like the same, you're going to just talk to the same people anyway. Mm -hmm. So actually the most fun part can be where you don't know anybody and you're just like, I, I don't really care what i do here i'll just mm -hmm. whatever but um but also like NYU. you actually no first let me ask so what what do you like to do for fun um, um like, with your friends I, honestly like what when i hang out with my friends i guess we just like usually like sit in the park or something mm -hmm. or um go out to eat sometimes or just like go on walks um now that most of us are 21, like maybe go to a happy hour. But mm -hmm. I, I've always been someone who I mostly like to hang out with my friends in like one-on-one -on -one or like smaller groups because I, right, yeah. I don't know, that's just like kind of my personality. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's also why I'm like a little bit more averse to parties. But I definitely am someone who I'm like, I, even though I'm an introvert, I like to um, – put myself out there. So, you know, if there is that opportunity, I'll honestly like usually say yes. One, because it's like, it's not like I'm doing this every day. Like <laughs> it's mm -hmm. kind of like a, it's just like not a super common thing for me. And then two, I'm always like, you know, you could like meet someone cool at a party, like just even in like um, a friendship sense. So like, I'm never, so like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I enjoyed like, you know, expanding my social circle and stuff, but um, it's just like I'll go to it, but I'll probably—I'd probably never throw a party or never actively be like, "Does anyone <laughs> like? What are we doing? Are we going to a party?" Like, I'll just sit in my room on like Friday <laughs> or Saturday if I don't have anything to do. Like, I'm not really. Wait, did you say on Reddit? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'm like I'll just sit in my room on like a Friday or Saturday if like no one invites me to something. Like, I won't. <laughs> Oh, I thought you said you'd be in your room on Reddit or something. Oh, no. I was going to ask, oh, what are your favorite subs? I'm just curious. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, like usually if I'm like hanging out with a friend, it's literally just like sitting and talking somewhere um, like outside. Yeah, and I think that's that's like I think a lot of people feel that way. And I think one of the one of the pros, I think, of all maybe this need, less need maybe to, to party is that before, uh, I think it was, if you were like that, it felt like you were just totally outcast almost from, mm -hmm. from the social scene uh, because there was really no other way to, to meet people. But 
like for instance, um, I, I saw one of your videos and, and you ended up talking about like the, like, like the three, I think it was some philosopher, was it or Aristotle? I think you yeah. cited the theories of friendships mm-hmm. where you have like your friendships of pleasure, friendships of, what was the other one? Um, uh, utility. Utility and friendships, and friendships of, goodness. of goodness, right? Mm-hmm. And we recently did an episode on Escape from Plan A where we're talking about making friends as you get older. And believe it or not, when I was in college, it was a real fear that once you graduated, there'd be no way to meet new people mm-hmm. because while your, your college is over, you're going to go to work. Um, being friends with coworkers is maybe your last shot at meeting anybody new because what are you going to do? You're going to like just go up to random people at a bar and be like, hey, you want to be my friend? That's kind of weird. I mean, with dating, <laughs> that's going to be more acceptable. But, you know, making friends, it just seemed like, oh my God, this is my last shot. Uh, but now it's, as you said, you meet people off of YouTube. I meet people off of like Twitter or somebody sends me an email saying, hey, you know, I like your podcast and be like, hey, let's grab a drink. And mm-hmm. it's become easier than ever. And I think it's taken the pressure off from probably a lot of young people uh, in a place like college where like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta meet the love of my life. I gotta meet my bestest, best friend. I gotta meet uh, the professor who will change my life, uh, et cetera. So maybe that's a positive. And actually, I think it's definitely a positive. Mm-hmm. Speaking of passions, another video of yours I watched was the one about you not having a dream job. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this was apparently like a, is like a whole movement on YouTube or something. The whole uh, I don't dream of labor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, could you describe uh, to our listeners what that is exactly? Um, so there's this sentiment, I don't dream of labor. I don't remember who first tweeted it, but like the context was like, I think the tweet was like something like, oh, what's your dream job? And then she was like, I don't dream of labor, essentially. So that's like kind of <laughs> yeah. like where it comes from. Because I think sometimes people... Uh, like that, I think it's like, what's your dream job is like the important part of that. It's like, I, it's not just people saying like, oh, I don't want to work. It's just like saying like, I really just don't dream of like working any particular job. Right. right. <laughs> Cause it's like, why, why would I dream about that? But um, <laughs> yeah, so that's basically what it is. It's kind of just um, people, I think it's been a lot of young women, um, successful young women who like went to college and like, have jobs um just being like uh you know i don't really see the point of like um you know burning myself out for like for jobs and corporations that uh don't really like truly care about me and that i don't really truly care about um so that i think that's kind of like what the movement is and um my kind of take on it was and some people, for some people, that means like finding an alternative, like quitting their corporate job or um, just like transitioning to like some type of job that they're really passionate about or that they really care about. Um, and for me, after watching those videos and kind of like what, I'd, what I had been thinking um, for a while is like I, I kind of resonated with it because I was like I also don't really have a dream job like I kind of realized I can like having a certain job I realized wouldn't really bring me any sort of happiness in life and even having like any amount of like success really like being the top of your field I'm like I don't feel like that's personally I don't think that's what's gonna bring me um happiness and I think you know it's 
a lot of people think that or they convince themselves of that. They think, oh, like when I get this certain award or this certain job title or make this amount of money, like I'll be happy. And I think those are just, I don't know. I think a lot of people can convince themselves of that, but I kind of have realized like even in the past year, being able to get some success from YouTube, like I remember I just wanted to get like 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. And then I'm like, oh, I'll be happy with that. And now I have more than that. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, you know, honestly, like it made my life easier and better in some ways, but like, I'm not just like happy now. Like, I'm like, wow, I still find other reasons to be like upset and cry and stuff. So I'm kind of just like, I I think I just like had that realization because of YouTube, because of gaining success on that. And I was kind of like, I don't think, even though this might seem like a small scale success to um, some people, like I don't really think even if I put that in like the biggest scales of success, um, I don't think it would really like change my like outlook on life. And I kind of just realized, you know, what makes you happy in life isn't, it shouldn't be a job, at least for me. Um, It's kind of just like the relationships you have in your life and having time to just, spend your time how you want, honestly. So I kind of just came to the conclusion, like, I yeah, I don't have a dream job. I just kind of want to, you know, work where I can make enough money to like live, but not be like working like 80 hours a week or something. Like I want to like be able to make enough money where I can have a comfortable lifestyle, but like work doesn't take over my life at all. So um, that was mm-hmm. kind of like my conclusion with that. And also finding if if you attempt to find joy or satisfaction in work, which, uh, you know, I don't think that always is possible. Um, but if you kind of have the ability to in certain careers, like kind of just going by not necessarily by like the external um, like accolades or money that you may get from it, but kind of just going from uh, the perspective of like building up your craft at something. And, um, you know, depending on certain jobs, you can't there isn't always craft involved, but um, I think that's like more satisfying to like get better at like a certain skill than to just like expect um, rewards and get them and then just like kind of a never ending cycle of just wanting more and more. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that video I found particularly interesting because I, I thought it was very different from, I think, the a very typical millennial mindset, which was you know, find your dream job, uh, find out what your passion is and get that dream job. If it doesn't exist, make it, mm. force it to exist, make the market pay you uh, like a sustainable living at the least um, because everyone strives to become rich and famous from doing what they love. So that should be your goal. But at the very least, the, the world should be able to provide you a sustainable living for your doing your passion and this seems like a much more wise rebuke of that wholly unrealistic. And I think it's um, very just, it's like a luxury mindset. I, th- I think the, the problem is, especially with college, is a system that was designed to educate the elites. And it's, it doesn't work uh, if everybody follows that mindset because the idea of a fulfilling dream job is... is there can only there's so few of those and it's getting fewer and fewer every day and it, it not everyone can have it and the idea that your job should define you is just so offensive because most jobs don't mean anything um 
if you ever read Upload Jobs by David Graeber, he just says, yeah, most, most jobs are out there. So people don't go crazy with boredom and they need to feel like they're doing something. So there's a, there's a reason why there are like so many lawyers and accountants and, and all that mm-hmm. is just to push papers around. And, um, the like truly meaningful jobs in, in jobs as we know them, you know, people getting paid, uh, and earning a salary, paying taxes on them. There's so few and there's never going to be, uh, enough to go around. So to, to act like, um, you get them because you deserve it and you just worked harder than everyone else is really, um, what does that say about people who don't have those jobs? It's like Mm -hmm. what they love doing their crappy menial backbreaking labor. It's just like, that's, really gross thought if you if you think about it Mm -hmm. yeah i actually did i started that book i haven't finished it um but i started it and like even from the uh, he initially wrote it as like an essay and i was like yes this sounds (laughs) this sounds correct (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that that's like a easy recompared he has this other book called debt and it's like 10 times thicker i i borrowed it from the library but you know you only get two or three weeks to read it and i was like there's no way i can i can read it so i'll probably have to buy it sometime but mm-hmm. i think that's his his like magnum opus this book called dead okay another question i have all right so often we we hear about it's like college campuses being these nightmarish places where the woke police control everything and you can't say this or that how true is that in your perspective are students really afraid of saying things in class that they think might get them canceled on social media. How much of that is fact and fiction? No, I really don't think that's true at all. Like I, (laughs) that whole concept of like the woke police and like wokeness is taking over. Um, It's like funny because it's like that. I really like compare, like I feel like that like fear, like mostly whatever is come up by like conservatives and stuff. It's kind of like with the voter fraud thing. Like there was just like literally no evidence of that like existing at any sort of like large impactful scale. And like somehow it became like this overarching narrative. Um, so it's like way less common than like it's made out to be. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny because like, it, it's funny because it's like, it's not that common first of all, but like, I think just the fact that like, media outlets keep on like reporting on it and talking about it either from both sides of the aisles really like it just like actually makes it seem like way more of an issue (laughs) than it is i will say um so i really don't think that it's i don't think that's true on my campus personally um and like i don't think i've never heard of people getting canceled from stuff they said in a classroom too, because also like I don't know who's like recording that or like tweeting about that and stuff. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, and then also like NYU does lend itself to be like people here are like minded. Most people are you know left leaning because um, it's in New York City. Um, it's in the very like you know liberal part of New York City too. So I feel like most people kind of like feel the same way about things and most people are you know quote woke here Mm -hmm. um so i don't really think there's necessarily like any sort of um opposition because people kind of just think the same way for the most part and it's like it would be really not funny but like it would just be like i don't know why like 
I feel like NYU already kind of like has that reputation. Like we're, it's like seen as a very, it's a liberal place. It's a liberal school and stuff. So it, it's be, it'd be like, I don't know why someone like who aspires to be like on Fox News would like come to school here. I honestly couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you think that the, the reason why everyone thinks that way is because they're afraid of maybe something happening? Like, like afraid of being like canceled or something? Like, like how much of a, like, not, not even just like politics, but just, you know, people's like dirty social laundry being aired, oh. like publicly, uh, like how, how much of that is, is a real thing? Cause I think that's what a lot of people also just mean by cancel. It doesn't necessarily even have to be political. It can just okay. be, yeah. So does that, does that happen? Um, um, yeah, I feel like I've seen people be like, I guess on a small scale, be kind of like canceled because of something they did but it's usually like something that's like a pretty like you know serious allegation like if someone like claims someone like sexually assaulted them like that would be Mm a um thing that like someone it'd be like oh like we don't it's like you don't really want to associate with that person anymore because that's like out of your own safety and just out of like it's just like, yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> have you ever seen the Diary of the Wimpy Kid? Like the cheese touch? It's like, yeah, I'm not. Oh, I've heard about it, but <laughs> is it? it's a movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Diary of the Wimpy Kid, there was like this moldy piece of cheese in the series. Oh, and like this one kid like touched it and then mm-hmm. like no one wanted to touch him or be near him ever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like it if was... someone like... I feel like that that's true. Um, but like, usually it's like, I mean, I haven't like really personally known or been friends with anyone that that's like really happened to. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I would like to think really everyone who I'm like associate with or would consider a close friend has like a, a good moral character. <laughs> so um, it's not, Necess- I don't think I don't know anyone who's like afraid of like afraid actively afraid of that I think it you know if you do something that like sometimes it has like social repercussions but um mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've no one is like actively going around being like oh don't like post that or don't say that about me um oh, I see so mm-hmm uh, so now you're your senior year. Like, how do you feel about college? Are you ready to to move on, or are you like, no, like I I don't want to leave, like, or a bit of both? Like, what's what's your what's your feeling? Um. Yeah, I think it's like a bit of both. I feel like I've taken um a lot of the classes that I I wanted to take, and I've learned great things from them. Um, some of them, not all, you know, not all of them are. I found like particularly like impactful, but um, mm. I do feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm like making my schedule. I'm like, none of these, I'm just like not really interested in any of these. <laughs> like I'm kind of like grasping for straws, <laughs> but um, I, I, at first I was like in the beginning of college, I always wanted to graduate early just to save money. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just to save money though. Like I, it wasn't like yeah, I like, was yeah. like, I hate college. I want to leave. It's just like, it's going to be cheaper if I spend like a year less here. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
then when the after the pandemic hit, I didn't really want to graduate early anymore because, well, because the job market was very, you know, <laughs> sparse, like, like, it's like, I don't know what jobs are going to be out there when I right, leave here. Right, yeah. So that was a reason I didn't want to graduate early. Um, and then also just being like, you know, I mean, this is a pretty interesting time that you get to kind of have a lot more more free time than you probably ever would in like the real world. Obviously it's just not the same as high school. Like that's not really free time. You're kind of under your parents' roof and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But in college you kind of have way more flexibility than you ever would at any other point as an adult. So, and I really appreciate that. So that's also another reason why I decided I don't want to graduate early anymore because I'm like, you know, jobs in the world will, uh, will be there, but this is a, really an interesting time and I and I really actually like that I like that you don't have the same schedule every day and that you can just like do whatever you want at like 1 p.m on Monday (laughs) because Mm -hmm. if you don't have class so yeah I will say though uh maybe it's just like uh because I was just younger but I just wait. I had a lot of free time in college, but I also wasted it a lot. And I'm not saying I wasted it because I was just having too much fun instead of studying. Or no, I like I just think of times where I was probably just uh, online, you know, mm-hmm. in bed, uh, instead of doing something actually good. And actually, I think it's a it's a symptom of having too much time. You just you just kind of squander it. And mm-hmm. actually, once you start working and time becomes more valuable, you you'll start actually using it. In, in better ways, whether you're like learning a hobby or reading a book or watching a movie or just spending time with friends, you're gonna be like, okay, my time is valuable. I now know this. So um that's that's I think a curse of sometimes having too much time, especially when you're young. You just like just lollygag around. Yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely true. That's yeah, I think you can realize the value of time too. But also in a way too, I think it's I, it's like a, di- a little bit different to have that realization for me because when everything is online, even like, well, I, I've worked in like person and like last summer I had like a, like a service job where I had to like be there in person. And mm-hmm. that also made me appreciate time too. Cause like, yeah. um, but like, but now in like the, the virtual era, it's like, cause even if I did have like work all day, technically, like I was working of like at an internship this summer that was full-time but it was completely virtual it still was like I don't know it still feels like way more like free time because it's not like if you honestly don't have anything to do or like a meeting to be in at a specific moment like you can just go outside and like get coffee or like take a walk or something so I think it like but I think it, it would probably hit me more if I was like oh I literally have to be like in this office building from like nine to five every single day of the week it would probably hit me more mm-hmm. yeah especially like the commute times because you know i i uh i first moved to new york for a job and i was like working like an office job had a commute and all that and now i'm working remotely full-time and you just think about the time you spend even just commuting because i you know it would take me like 30 40 minutes to get to my office by subway and I guess you can try to make use of it by listening to a podcast or reading, but uh, that's like almost two hours of your day that you now have uh, that you can spend doing something more. I don't like the word productive. It makes you sound too much like a 
like a machine, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. just like <laughs> something that you want to do uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, well, I'm stuck underground. I might as well just do the one thing that entertains me, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You have more freedom. You got more choice. Do you feel like people are more like connected in college? Like um, when you went, like because it there was less social media and like less ways to like meet people, I suppose, mm-hmm. unless you were like in real life. I, I think no, because I don't, I don't think that friendships made through social media, uh, I mean, at least once you meet up in real life, that's the key, mm-hmm. are any worse than friendships you would have, uh, let's say, if you live next to someone in a dorm or you meet someone in class or you meet them at a party. Often, I think, and we say this in, in our episode about making friends as you get older, a lot of times if you meet somebody through the internet, you're doing it because you have some kind of common purpose or interest as mm-hmm. opposed to we just happen to be in the same area and we don't hate each other. Therefore let's become <laughs> friends kind of thing. Yeah. So I think I want to believe it could possibly be even stronger if you are, you know, getting to know people cause you have a, you share the same, what are interests in culture or you have like shared like political ideals or, you know, something uh, that feels very substantive and together you can, work towards it even if you don't have a concrete goal you just feel like i want my life to kind of advance this somehow we don't know yet but we want to and and i think that's a very strong bond that can form between people Mm -hmm. uh so i don't really think that relationships are any worse off because uh people don't have as people don't meet each other face to face as much anymore Mm. that's just been my experience because i've been you know, since graduating, I've just been meeting a lot of people throughout my life, just often just because I had to, because I tended to move around a few few times. And uh, my family doesn't live in my hometown anymore. So I lost kind of direct contact with high school friends. So I just had to always meet new people. And most of it nowadays happens online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, that definitely makes sense. That's true. You always have a common interest if you're mean enough from social media. Um, yeah. How would you say like most of your friends now that you're closest to have you met them you know through traditional ways like through classes or dorms or are they a lot of them through youtube or things like that yeah most of my friends that i'm really close to um and that i see most often i met them in freshman year and i met them in the dorm that we lived in um I think we would always like kind of just like see each other in that dorm. And then eventually we kind of just started talking and like, you know, found out like, oh, they're cool. Um, And then through those friends, I have a couple of friends who are very, they like to connect people and they like to kind of like form groups. I'm Mm -hmm. like a little bit less like that because I kind of just like, I'm like, I'll hang out with like 10 people in a week, like one-on-one rather than Mm -hmm. like 10 people all at once. Um, Oh yeah, I hate groups too. (laughs) But yeah, some of my friends are really like, they like to like form groups and like introduce their friends to other friends, um, which is really great. And how I've met some other, some, a lot of like my close friends is because like uh, a friend, they were a friend of a friend and like we met and, you know, we vibed and (laughs) now we're friends and now we're all friends. Um, so I would say that's the main way from my freshman year um, dorm, like 
yeah, I, I'm like really thinking and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Loki what what like all of my like really close friends at college have in common is that we like lived in the same dorm at some point. Um yeah, I don't even I'm trying to think like I haven't made like super close like I made friends from classes, but I would say like the friends that I like am the closest with and see the most, um, it's because of like we lived in the same dorm or because mm-hmm. they're like a friend of my friend who lived in the same dorm. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I think that's like a huge, at least for um, my school, I think it's like a huge part of like making friends and also it's living in the dorms because um, you're just like really forced to be together. And also because we, the dorm I lived in in my freshman year, it didn't have AC except for oh, no. on this second floor lounge and so everyone would hang out there. Like it was just like a very <laughs> social place. So you would meet so mm-hmm. many people just being down there. And it's funny because I remember coming into college, uh, coming to NYU. I was really excited to come here because I always wanted to live um, in New York City because I, you know, saw how great it looked from watching like Gossip Girl. Um, <laughs> but I remember thinking, and I watched a lot of college vloggers too. And I really remember distinctly thinking, like, I was always, like, good at school. I'm like, I don't care, like, what class I'm in. Like, I can motivate myself to, like, get A's. Mm -hmm. I was like, school is not the issue. I know college will be miserable if you don't have friends because, like, that's essentially the point of it. It's like, even if you're doing so good in school, like, you can still hate college simply if you just, like, don't have friends, if you don't have, like, a great social Mm -hmm. life going on. Whereas high school, it's like, yeah, you can, like, still kind of hate it, but it's like, you can escape. You can, like, go home. Um, after like at like 3 p.m. and like do whatever Mm -hmm. you want at home um but like college is different because it's like you're always there and you're always like going to be surrounded by a bunch of people so if you like don't feel like you have friends it's going to be very miserable so I was like I feel like I was very hyper aware of that coming in and I even though I was always a really quiet and introverted person and didn't have a lot of friends in high school I was like I knew I really needed to put myself out there if I wanted to have a good college experience so I'm glad I was like aware of that and did that and I'm really you know glad I have the friends that I do have now and I probably wouldn't have done that if I was like the same (laughs) way I was in high school and like didn't really talk to people I'm still like pretty shy and I don't like just go up and initiate conversations out of the blue but I'm like Mm -hmm. way way more open um, to meeting new people and um, to like reaching out to people to hang out. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then also when YouTube's, I mean, actually like ever since like the first day I moved in college, like, cause I had made a lot of college related videos and like tips on like, Oh, I'm, how to get into NYU and stuff like related to that. Uh, so uh, basically being here at school at NYU, it's like literally the target audience. So even like, in like my first day of school when I probably had like two or 3000 subscribers, like I got recognized from that. (laughs) Um, So I feel like that, like having that kind of like online presence where people know you, even if you don't know them. Yeah. Actually, I think some of my friends did actually had saw me, saw my YouTube videos before we became Mm -hmm. friends. Um, It is kind of like a social lubricant because it's like people are a, a little bit interested in you already and they, maybe like something about you like your content online Um, got something to talk about yeah yeah so i feel like that you know that helps um 
especially if you're an introvert, it's like people kind of like, they know you and your personality a little bit before you have to like go out of your way to um, introduce yourself to them. So I feel like that um, has helped. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, uh, were you in high school when Ladybird came out? And if so, did you watch it? And did that make you also want to go to NYU? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, it didn't. I think I had already applied to college. So um, when it came out, but I did see that in my senior year of high school. And it's funny, I was like literally looking through my old like journals <laughs> the oh, yeah. other day. And I literally had wrote about seeing Lady Bird. It was like from 2018. I was like, I just saw Lady Bird and it's so great and relatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did watch Lady Bird and I think that did make me excited to come to college. And I mean, yeah, I guess she goes to NYU. So that's like, I don't think I knew I, I would be going to NYU at the time because it was probably like January of 2018 when I saw that. But um, mm-hmm. it's definitely like, it, it's like, I, I like that movie a lot. And I think it made me excited to go to college too. So yeah, if you want to watch another NYU movie, uh, Mistress America. By oh, Noah never Baumbach. Heard of that. Um, uh, oh. I don't know if you're a Noah Baumbach fan or not. He's oh. kind of like I, I just know uh, he's like married to Greta Gerwig. I don't really know much about right. Him. And she's in it. She plays uh, she plays one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, she might be the the title character. But I mean, Noah Baumbach can be very grating at times. But uh, every now and then, he'll make a he'll make a good movie. Um, <laughs> if you're, I guess if you you can watch it and see how accurately they they depict NYU life there. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, one last question then uh, before we close this off. And th- this could, this might seem kind of like a grand question. So you, you, if you want to like take a, a minute or two just to think about it, like h- how do you think COVID will shape your kind of like generational cohort of students who, who went to school during this, like college specifically? Like what do you, do you think it will have any impact? Do you think people just forget it? Or do you think it will have profound psychological impacts? What do you think? Um, I, I think it'll be kind of a, um, I mean, I, I mean, I know I really do hate to like trivialize it because obviously there's been a lot of death and suffering from it, but I was mm-hmm. even thinking like last year, I was like, oh, this whole thing is just going to be like a meme in a couple years, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> like it's, well, I would not be surprised. I think if I had to bet, I think that's what I would bet it on yeah because people kind of like you know people think about like 2016 and like the whole trump election like like that's like almost like a little bit of a meme now Uh, um like yeah like it's kind of like people it's like you know it it like sucked but i was like i think people will be able to find like the humor in the and the absurdity in it honestly Mm -hmm. um but and although I don't know, maybe well, it's hard to tell now, but like maybe it will have like really long term effects on like our earnings and such um, when we go into the job market. But um, I, I don't really, I don't think it will. Unless obviously, unless you were really personally affected by it, which like luckily I didn't get too personally affected by it in terms of like any one I knew dying. Um, I, I think it will just be kind of like a shared like moment of like, oh yeah, remember when that happened? Like that was really strange. Yeah. Um, um yeah. Especially since you'll have nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Uh, cause you only live a, one lifetime, at least 
you're only conscious of one lifetime you live. So it's like you can't compare it to a, a college experience that didn't have a global pandemic in it. And and my brother, he he was in law school actually at NYU during this time, oh. and his uh yeah, like pretty much a whole all, his whole final year was pretty much remote. And yeah, at that level, especially at the kind of the grad school level, like nobody, everyone's happy. Like they don't want to go to class anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so for for I think post grad people, a lot of them were probably just like, yeah, as long as you know they didn't suffer and their loved ones didn't suffer and stuff. It was not. It was not the worst thing to not have to go to classes. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, yeah, I realized that too. Like when I even when like people kind of more of my friends started coming back to the city in like last January, last spring, I would say. Um, Like I was thinking about it with one of my friends and I'm like, honestly, like we are college students and we go to NYU. Like we, like people who go to the school and our students here can be affected by it very heavily. But like we are kind of like in a really sort of privileged perch that like a lot of us Mm -hmm. did have a house to go to like when we got kicked out of the dorms and it didn't it didn't have like these really jarring financial impacts on a lot of people like they're we're Mm -hmm. still back in school paying a lot of money to uh be here so um i I think at least amongst my peers like i can't i can say like oh this will probably be like a meme because it's like i don't think it will um necessarily like affect the uh trajectory of our of our lives or our families too much um and i even know for me specifically like my life honestly mostly improved over the pandemic like on a personal level like i am like i my life improved materially and like i honestly wasn't even that sad during the pandemic because like i'm an introvert <laughs> like i was like, no, I was, like no, i'm not I, like really I craving that... to like see people or anything like so uh yeah it's definitely you know totally aware of like it depends on the circumstances of a person so yeah no i often say like on a purely selfish narcissistic level the pandemic like 2020 was a pretty good year for me like mm-hmm. i and i i have a friend also who does a podcast liza who just you know, just loved being at home all the time. She has kids and, you know, she gets to spend all her time with them even more so because they don't even have to go to school anymore. And, and she's just like dreading having to go back <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. out into and have to go to outings she doesn't want to go to and <laughs> things like that. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I, I don't want to end on a downer, but that, that's probably what will uh, cause it to happen again. We'll all just forget it. Yeah. We'll be like, yeah, we don't want to invest uh, in preventative measures, mm. whatever. And then, like, how could this happen? And, yeah. But exactly. anyway, uh, let's not, let's not go down that road. We'll save <laughs> that for another another day. But so, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on to share your experiences and yeah, to get a glimpse of what it's like to be a like a Gen Z college student in this most turbulent of times. I hope you have a great start to your senior year and you know i i really enjoyed my senior year as well so i i know you'll have a great time too thank you it was great talking to you all right okay signing off here thank you for listening everyone uh catch us next time goodbye